Good morning, all you sexy, beautiful people out there. I hope everyone's doing well. So welcome to Sober Live, Sober TV, and the Sober Podcast. Yes, I am multitasking. So doing it all in one, which makes life a lot easier. So today I'm going to talk about the four benefits of slow sobriety. Um, now, I'd love if you can give this a share, a retweet, subscribe, drop me comments, participate. The more that it pushes out, the more help that people get and the more access people get to this kind of information, which I'm really excited about. So I'm going to talk about slow sobriety or in the title it said quit fast and stay sober slow. So the premise behind this is to regulate your emotions. Like there's this whole thing and there's so many people that I'm talking to at the moment, which, I, you know, I, I do anyway, but they're so desperate to get sober. But the problem with this energy behind that is that it makes it a lot harder to do so because you are in this high emotion, high energy, high fear-based desire. And so when you're in this fear-based desire to get sober, then it can it's it's kind of counterintuitive. You you're doing something to try and stop something because you want to do it, but the desperation to is actually creating more of the same problem. It's like slapping your own face, chasing your own tail. Okay. And so I followed the mantra and I still do. It's it's one of the most life-changing mantras for me, it was anyway. And it's slow down or long game. And so what this does, this mantra slow down long game helps you think more in the future of like, okay, I'm doing this for that, all right? So I don't need to be perfect today and have it all figured out today. So, yes, you stop drinking and then that's that. But then you then you do that quickly, you do it, right, bang, done, that's it, I've decided it's a done deal, I'm not going to drink anymore, I'm done, right? Perfect, you've made that decision. Now, the next step, this is where all the challenges start coming in because there's, the pattern is still at play. And so if you haven't checked out my, um, I have, did do a short video on how I quit drinking in 30 minutes. Uh, no, three hours, sorry, not 30 minutes, but I've had help clients do that. But th there's a technique that I use to help clear that, those triggers and cravings. And so... You can quit drinking overnight and it's using these simple little tools that are going to help you sustainably. But well, everybody's different, okay? So everybody learns in different ways. So what took me three hours was also the practice and the journaling, the tools that I've done. And now I've been able to create um, a, a method to help people through that fast as well so they don't need the training that I've had they walk with me through that process and so well, hopefully the internet's not going to die I'll keep conking out anyway just keep going hope for the best so um uh, yeah and so it, it's all about now you're you've made this decision and triggers are going to come up things are going to come up these tests and experiences like you want to live as normal a life as possible okay so depending on the situation you're in of course like if your only friends are horrible people and all they do is drink then by all means just just leave that for good in my case i have a lot of very close friends who still drink that's what we do when we get together and that's what they still do even though i've stopped 
And so I had to adapt quite quickly in a way that I wasn't going to get triggered. I wasn't going to feel like I needed a drink to catch up or keep up or fit in or stay on everybody's level. And so because I had that in my mind, I was like, okay, well, what do I need to do here? And that's when the whole detachment, letting go of all of my emotional attachment around alcohol came into play. Because while you're still in there and there's still that part of you that's like maybe on the maybe fence about sobriety, then it's very easy to fall back into it. And so you want to create a strong sense of self. And in order to do that and make it sustainable, then slow sobriety is going to be more effective than quit drinking, that's it, right? Because otherwise you're on tender hooks and if you're not doing any work, like any journaling or reading or if you're not doing anything other than just hope, um, yes, it can work, but it's not the most effective way. Like you do have to put in work and a lot of us do get to this point in our sobriety journey where we've stopped and started so many times that we get so freaking sick of ourselves that we know we've just got to bloody do the work. Like there's no shortcuts here. We've just got to do the work and make it work for ourselves in what, whatever way that is, all right? And so the quitting is easy, as I just said, it's staying slow that will make the, the aftermath much easier to handle. So I'm going to share four benefits with you. So the first benefit is it's going to teach you how to regulate your emotions and not just in sobriety, but in every area of your life. So slow sobriety is like it, it's prepping you and giving you lifelong skills that are going to help you in any area of your life, whether it's you know, in your, in your relationships, with your work, with your finances, with your health, all of these things are going to help you emotionally regulate yourself so that you stop getting in your own way and sabotaging yourself with each thing you want to achieve. And um, in order to do this, it is really training yourself. You know, people like meditation in one way, it's over, not overrated, I shouldn't say overrated. It, it can be underrated to the to the to people who haven't really done it. It took me a long time to really get into it. And like even now I do I do, do it without any guided, but sometimes I'm like, you know what, I just need a guided meditation. Um, but slowing down that speeding train is so important. Like when you're in this state of like I've just quit drinking. Hang on, sorry guys, phone just rang. Just put that on do not disturb. So that doesn't ring. Okay, there we go. Sorry everyone, phone just rang. Okay, so um, yeah, so if, you, if you're coming at it like sobriety, yes, you quit drinking, now you're coming at it with this panic and fear and chaos and overwhelm and frustration. What you want to do first, before you even put the bottle down, is start planning it, okay? People don't have a plan as well. So this is something that creates a lot of overwhelm, is sit down, journal, write out a plan. How are you going to do this? What method are you going to use? What, um, what, what non-alcoholic alternatives are you going to have? What, what do you, who do you want to be? Who does your sober self want to who, What does your sober self look like? How do you feel? How do you think? What activities do you do? What are your friends like? 
Um, what, how, what does your life look like? Because then that gives you an end point. That gives you something to move towards and becomes that nice little reminder as well as you go through these moments of, no, remember what we're going for. Remember, think about how I'm going to feel tomorrow if I drink compared to I don't drink and I'm getting myself closer to what who, I'm, who I want to be, my ideal sober self. And so in order to do that, you have to slow down and regulate your emotions because then what happens is that it, it metaphorically bypasses or sneak, sneaks past your nervous system and, without tripping it, kind of thinking like, you know, in the movies where they rob a bank or Ocean's Eleven, for example, where they're going through the laser wires or whatever they're called and trying to get around it to steal the money. So this is kind of what you're doing is you're, you're moving and manoeuvring yourself so that you're not tripping your nervous system. That's one way of doing it. The other way, and the tools that I focus on, is working your nervous system to the point where there's no emotional charge around alcohol anymore. And so you can be around it and you don't have any need for it or attachment to it. But when you skirt around it, eventually it just stops going off as well. Because now you've created a new neurological pathway where you're focused on this, this ideal sober you and you are day by day stepping into that version of yourself. So emotional regulation is number one. Number two is minimal overwhelm. So it kind of leads on from one, but minimal overwhelm means that you are getting the overwhelm down again the overwhelm is a speeding train and this is something that when you're in this chaos nine times out of ten it's because you're in overwhelm you're doing it as as a subconscious strategy right so the nlp school of thought is we we do these patterns now it's within us right so i did a post yesterday about our patterns and triggers and how we do them it's not some external entity that's doing it to us. We're doing it to ourselves. And this was something that was so powerful and helped me shift in like so fast in so many different ways and continues to by just saying if I'm struggling or if I'm in anxiety, if I'm in overwhelm, it's like I'm doing this to myself. I'm doing overwhelm right now. Why am I doing overwhelm right now? And I really don't even need to answer that. I just have to accept that that's what I'm doing and then I calm myself down and then I'm able to move forward. But figure it out. Why am I overwhelming or choosing to overwhelm? Because I'm scared of this ideal sober me. I'm scared of the repercussions. So see what fears are coming up because those fears are tripping that, right? They're getting in the way and blocking you from being successful. And so when you can look at what you're overwhelmed about and just journal and get really clear about it, then it's going to be a lot easier to manoeuvre and be more intentional about your sobriety. So that's number two, which brings me to number three, and it makes you more intentional. So now slow sobriety means that you are, you've got this end result of who your ideal sober self is, okay? And look, it's, it's always, there's always new things to work on because you want to grow, you want to improve, you want to change your own life, right? But you, when you slow down, it's kind of like reading. Okay, here's an example. So reading instructions 
by skimming over them, trying to put the thing together and then getting the shits because you've done it wrong, which is kind of what I tend to do, (laughs) or getting the instructions and just going painstakingly bit by bit through each step and then even going back and checking over each step, okay? People don't want to do this work because it feels like hard work. But doing this, taking the shortcuts ends up taking longer because you build the thing wrong and then you've got to pull it apart and start all over again, right? And so how are you living your life? And this was, again, a hard lesson. It took me three days to put together a friggin' IKEA shelf a few years ago because my emotions got, I just got, they got the better, I got the better of my emotions, actually, I should say, putting the onus back on me. But I lost my shit because I wouldn't do it this way. I just, I was very much about the shortcuts and needing to do this thing right now, here now, just get it done. I just want it up so I can get a move on to the next thing. And that type of behavior has hurt me so much in so many ways throughout my life because I'm trying to take the shortcuts to move on to the next thing. But because I don't do this properly, I have to go back and fix it, right? I'm sure you've done that maybe in your job where you try to, you you know, it's Friday afternoon, you just want to get this thing done. So you rush through it, you come back Monday, it's a mess, and then you've got to go back and redo the whole damn thing again. And so this is the same thing. So being intentional when you have a clear plan of how you want to do it, what your substitutes are, the things you're going to say, having like a nice toolkit, a healthy toolkit of things in your mind and just written down of how you're going to navigate this. So the map, the GPS, right? So, and then having a clear vision of where you're headed. So another analogy is the GPS. So you've got this address. If you don't punch this address into your GPS, then it's not going to take you to this place. So then you punch in this GPS, right? And you are going to this place and the GPS tells you where to go. But maybe you get frustrated with the GPS and you take a turn because you're not really listening to it and then you end up over here. I have had the GPS send me over here as well. But anyway, that's another story. (laughs) Um, and, And then so then you've got to backtrack and find your way back to this destination that you were originally going to. And so this is why a lot of us relapse again because we're trying to take these shortcuts. And so slow sobriety ironically ends up becoming fast sobriety. You get over it faster. You heal your wounds and triggers faster because you're doing it properly the first time. You're not skimming, which is what people do. Like you can read a book, right, and that's fine and you might go oh my god that's the best book I've ever read but then you then you off it goes and you don't actually apply anything in it then you're not going to get there okay you get a nice little feeling you have a bit more knowledge which is great but you haven't applied it into your life and so skimming and trying to take shortcuts don't work and will take you longer and you're more likely to relapse. Trust me on that, okay? Speaking from experience. So number three about being more intentional, when you are intentional, it makes you go slow. It makes you, because you're kind of learning to think in a new way and it can be frustrating and you can want to get to that end result like pronto, but again, it's just that whole thing, 
of if I do this properly and just take my time, A, I'm teaching myself emotional regulation. B, I'm minimizing overwhelm. And C, I have clear intentions of where I am and where I want to be and I've got the map and the path to get me there. Okay? So that's number three. Number four is long-term success. So this is why I don't agree with the term alcoholic or addict because this method, this what I'm teaching you right now, you, you don't need that title up there because you're sober. You, you've now rewired your thinking. You've changed your brain. Neuroplasticity proves this, okay? Don't just listen to me. Go and do your own research on this, right? If you hold on to this label, and a lot of people do out of fear that if they don't, that they'll go back to drinking. But the label isn't, it's just a label, okay? It's just a thing. It's just something that you've been told you are and now you're stuck in that belief that you are. But when you follow this method that I've just shown you, you'll just, it'll just be something you maybe used to be, something you were. You can look back on it and go, yep, I was in that space. If you want to call yourself an alcoholic back then, for sure, by all means, do that. But calling yourself one now when you have... 30 years under your belt or 20 or 10 or 5 or even 2 years under your belt, then it's it's holding you in that past place and you're not there anymore. You're here in your ideal sober self. You're living in that space of this is me in my ideal sober self and that is where you want to go. So that's it for today. If you enjoyed that, please share it. Give it a retweet. Subscribe if you're on YouTube. And if you've got any questions, drop them below or any comments about anything, by all means, share. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow. See ya.